Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Alien Talk Podcast, a program where we discuss all things about aliens and UFOs and where we push the limits of our understanding. We are your co-hosts, Joe Landry and Lori Olford. Thank you for joining us today. We're certainly glad you're here with us. Hey there, Lori. How are you? Hey, Joe. I am doing well. How about you? I'm doing well also. Uh, So, you know, today's topic may be one that some folks will find a little disturbing, uh, a little hard to deal with. Because it is gruesome and macabre, uh, even nightmarish. It's been in some movies like The Return. Um, It's been on the show X-Files, and they've had it on Ancient Aliens. And what we're talking about is cattle mutilation, the unexplained death of cows found out in fields by way of butchering, by cutting open the cow's body and usually removing most, if not all, of the organs from the torso or midsection, disemboweling it in, in a way and then leaving the carcass to lie on the ground. Uh, oddly enough, most of the time there are, uh, is no trace of blood found anywhere on the soil or on the cow, and there are no footprints uh, left behind by anyone or anything. It's, it's, it's very peculiar. Yeah, Of course, these incidents are not limited to just cattle. Many other animals, most often livestock and, and wildlife, have been found to have been killed in the very same way. Horses, sheep, goats, pigs, even dogs and cats. Um, they seem to happen in rural areas, like on farms or ranches, and at locations that are not near main roads or people's homes. They're usually well off the beaten path. Um, and like you said, uh, they have no blood on them, uh, not even near where they were cut. Uh, they often seem to have had their blood drained from them without any of it being spilt on the ground. And the cutting seems to be done with complete surgical precision. And to make it even more grisly, these animals are often uh, also found with the eyes, ears, tongues, uh, horns, genitals, and rectums removed with that same precise incisions um, as it is with the innards. And there is usually flesh cuts from around the mouth uh, in such a way that the teeth and the jaw bones are completely exposed. Um, or else the hide is skinned around the forelegs and all the way down to the ribs. Uh, the area of ground where they're found is devoid of any evidence of predators or perpetrators, for that matter. Uh, although there are many people, many veterinary experts, uh, who affirm that predators like wolves and coyotes can attack and maul cattle in ways that the softer tissue is eaten with much of the carcass to be left behind for scavengers. Now, according to the Internet newsletter, The Skeptic's Dictionary by uh, Robert Carroll, insects such as blowflies or even common blackfly maggots and vultures often devour the mucous membranes and the softer parts of dead animals, such as the genitalia and the face. And that has been observed that insects will burrow underneath the hide of a decaying body uh, and then come up through the hide resulting in the apparent eating away of these parts. Uh, He also points out that the lacerations caused by the incisors of many predators can strongly resemble the fine cuts that would be made by something like a knife or a a razor blade. Indeed, but there are quite a few other people, farmers and ranchers, who say they encountered cattle that were mauled by predators, and it does not look like these mysterious mutilations. Uh, For one, we know that vicious animals with big, sharp teeth are not going to cut and tear apart flesh tissue with razor blade precision, which is what has been documented 
with these cases. Also, we know predators want to eat and to leave copious amounts of what is good meat seems quite unusual for a pack of hungry wolves, which will often leave nothing but the fur and bones. Um, the idea that they would gnaw away on the guts and leave behind the so-called steak uh, parts or the, the good parts, or I should say the meaty parts, as virtually untouched, that seems a little hard to accept. I know what you mean. I actually handled a call for animal cruelty about 10 years ago in which a lady said that she went out to her chicken coop late in the morning and saw that all eight of her hens had been decapitated neatly and cleanly. Uh, she showed me the coop, which was latched, and inside were the bodies of pretty decent-sized chickens lying about, each one of them headless. Uh, there was no blood anywhere, not on the feathers, the feet, the ground, and the heads were lying among the bodies, and they were cut very clean. Uh, they seemed like they were detached like Lego blocks, uh, like they could just snap apart or snap together like Legos. And the lacerations weren't messy at all. It looked like their heads were just meant to come off from their bodies like toy pieces. And I actually took a magnifying glass to uh, examine closely the, the necks and how they were severed like that. And, you know, it was almost as if the blood vessels in the necks were cauterized, as if a lightsaber had gone through them. Uh, this was really over the only time I've ever come across something that you could say was, in, in my opinion, paranormal. <laughs> I don't claim to have ever seen a UFO or a ghost or a monster or anything like that. But uh, this was definitely a mysterious thing for me to come across. So you said the coop was latched. So a coyote or a predatory bird could not have gotten into it, right? Yeah, it was latched, but it wasn't locked. So a person could have opened it, but not a coyote. Uh, really, only the sawdust on the bottom of the coop was somewhat disturbed. And, and there were some feathers strewn about here and there, but it didn't look like it was disturbed as if there was an attack. And there was no blood anywhere, not on the birds, not on the sawdust, not on the ground. Uh, and these were nice-sized hens, too, you know, Leghorns, uh, New Hampshire Reds, very plump and large, and what you would think would be good for eating. I'm sure Colonel Sanders would, would have loved to grab them up and serve them at a KFC. <laughs> so whatever did this wasn't interested in the chickens as being used for food. And she had no idea who would have deliberately done that, like, she had no suspects in mind. She didn't hear any strange sounds out of the coop before she found them decapitated. No, the reporter told me that she went out by the coop the previous evening and, of course, saw that everything was fine with them. Uh, she then went into the house to retire for the night and didn't go back out there until almost noon the next day. And that's when she saw them with their heads cut off. Her bedroom faced the opposite side of the property from where the coop was. So she didn't hear them clucking or making any kind of sounds. Uh, she said she didn't remember hearing or seeing anything at all. As far as uh, who she thought might be responsible, she couldn't think of anybody who she thought, thought would have uh, want to retaliate against her or antagonize her in such a way. Uh, the only person with whom she had a bad relationship was uh, an old boyfriend from several years prior. Uh, she hadn't been in contact with him for quite a long time, and, and that uh, he didn't live very close by her either. And she told me that she didn't really suspect him. Um, she said it had a, a bad breakup and they weren't on good terms, but she didn't seem to think that he, this was something that he would have done or would have had any motivation to want to do something like this. So she didn't, you know, accuse him or suspect him. Um, she had no idea who could have done it. And you say there was 
no sign of any suspicious person even being present there. No footprints, no tracks, no weapons, not even uh, cutting tools with behind. No, nothing at all. Uh, there were no tracks or prints of any kind. Uh, she had a shed uh, that was on the property. It was about 20 feet away from the coop. And I went in there to look for any kind of saw blades or hedge trimmers or axes. And there were some of those in the shed, but none of them looked like they had been moved for quite a while. And there was no trace of blood or feathers anywhere in or near the shed. So I did go over to her closest neighbor. And this was a fairly rural location with the houses being a considerable distance from one another. And I went there to inquire if the neighbor had seen or heard anything unusual throughout the night, uh, throughout the previous night or the early morning. Uh, she claimed she didn't recall it noticed seen anything unusual, but she did say uh, she recalled seeing headlights through her bedroom window very faintly. Uh, she said that she was just about to fall asleep, and she claimed that it was a little bit before 11 o'clock at night, and she didn't give it much thought. Uh, her bedroom window did not face in the direction of the reporter's house, so these lights uh, she saw wouldn't have been near there, or at least not at the time she noticed them. Uh, if it was a car it could have driven on by and then gone up uh, the easement on toward the reporter's property, but no one actually saw that. So this person said that cars don't usually drive on that road during the late hours of the night, but she also said it, it does happen from time to time. So she didn't think it was you know, unusual enough to become alarmed. So that was it, huh? She did not notice if the car drove by again later, like uh, going in the opposite direction? No, she said she had fallen asleep and didn't notice anything and didn't think much of anything uh, about it at all. Um, didn't think it was suspicious. And I, I guess in, in retrospect, I should have asked her if the lights were seen as being close to the ground or if they were higher up, like up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, it could have been the same strange lights that uh, are said to be seen in association with some of the uh, mutilation cases. Yeah, perhaps so. But she, she seemed to plainly think that it was the headlights of a car and didn't elaborate any more on that. Uh, nothing about it seemed to startle her. Well, that's uh, it's, it's pretty weird. Uh, I'll say that. And, uh, you know, wife and I have about 10 of those same type of chickens. So uh, what your story does to me is uh, it makes me want to uh, keep an extra eye on my chickens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the, the case uh, closed out with no suspects, leads, or evidence. And what I did on that day was I, I, the extent of the whole investigation, as far as I can tell. But I still wonder about that call. Uh, even to this day, I wonder about what happened to those chickens, uh, what decapitated them uh, inside of their own coop. Uh, quite frankly, I can't rule out that the reporter didn't do it herself for whatever bizarre reason it might be, you know. And then calling into the police to feign being a victim. Of course, she vehemently denied that she had anything to do with it. She said those birds were like her babies and she wouldn't have dreamt of, of harming them in any way. So, and that is sort of a long shot of a hypothesis. Yes. Um, I mean, people can indeed do crazy things. Um, you and I know that <laughs> it would not be the first time, um, but it does seem to be a real stretch of the imagination for someone to do that to their own chickens. And then, call it in to, to the police and deal with the risk of, you know, being found out with, uh, you know, nothing substantial to gain for it. And uh, it does seem unlikely. Sure. So, yeah. So cattle mutilations have received a whole lot of attention in the last few decades, but have been recorded as happening since the 1600s. 
official documents from England during the time of King James show that whole slaughters had occurred where nothing was taken but the tallows and some innards. Similar incidents have happened in the American West during the 1900s with uh, cattle and horses being found dead and their faces stripped down to the bone. But uh, in recent times, the, the topic has become more publicized after a young horse named Snippy was discovered in 1967 in Alamosa, Colorado, to be skinned with cuts that were very precise, laser beam type precision, with uh, many of its organs removed and with no blood at all found anywhere. Now, since then, increased cases across the world have been discovered and have been reported by the media in which speculation arose as to the mystery of it. People allege that the government is involved and that it is due to military operations, that it is the occult and Satanists, and of course, that it could be associated with UFO sightings and extraterrestrial visitations. So with the Snippy the Horse case, uh, there was an actual committee that was formed in 1968 at the University of Colorado, headed by physicist Edward Condon, uh, to thoroughly and comprehensively investigate uh, its possible connection to UFOs. Uh, the incident was that big of a deal at the time. Uh, they found no prints or tracks within 100 feet of the vicinity of where the carcass lay, and that was in the immediate vicinity. Uh, they found uh, in the immediate vicinity there were two bushes that were pretty well flattened, and there were these like small holes found in the ground. But again, no human footprints or animal tracks. Uh, tissue from the bones and muscle and some organs uh, were sent to three, at least three different laboratories. And what they found in some of the liver tissue is that it did not have any copper, uh, but instead had four times the normal level of zinc, potassium, and phosphorus. Uh, so the ex examining scientists were unable to come to a conclusion to explain uh, these findings and what, you know, what it meant and make any sense of the, these traces of elements in the, in the, in the liver tissue. And in fact, according to the committee's report, which is now declassified and can be found on John Greenwald's website, The Black Vault, the samples were unable to provide any conclusions as to what could have caused uh, the blood or tissue damage. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, and welcome to Hiss and Tell, a cat podcast where we delve deep into the fascinating world of feline behavior with your host, me, Christina Wilson, a professional animal behaviorist. Each episode features insightful discussions with leading veterinarians, dedicated researchers and scientists, experts in cat behavior and training, and so much more. Join me as we decode the complexities of pet loss, unravel the mysteries of feline health and behavior, and discover the latest research findings. I'll meet you at Hiss and Tell. Uh, well, it makes you wonder that if there were people out there doing this, then surely scientists would have been able to confirm that. I mean, are a bunch of hillbilly, uh, hillbillies going around performing this type of precision surgery on animals to where even scientists are puzzled? Um, not only was there the, the, the condom committee, as it is now known as, but in 1975, Colorado Senator Floyd Askell um, had the FBI get involved and to investigate the mystery as by that point, increased mutilations were being found and with no evidence or leads as to who or what was responsible. Uh, even they were uh, unable to identify anyone connected with it and that 
was after several years of FBI coordination with state and local police departments. So in other words, no arrests were ever made and not a single suspect was ever named. Now, during the time of the FBI investigation, Western Canada was having a slew of mutilations as well. Now, Corporal Lynn Lauber with the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police investigated numerous cases. Um, there were no arrests made there either. Not only did the FBI investigate, but so did the uh, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, the ATF. Again, with no suspects or leads to ever you know, come to surface. To date, with all the evidence of the obvious torture of animals, no one has been charged with a crime. Now, these investigations found evidence that some animals had been tranquilized or tranquilized and uh, treated with an, an anticoagulant uh, before it was mutilated, and that the surgical techniques became more professional. Again, investigators were unable to determine who was responsible or even uh, conclude what a motive. So obviously, there was no black market need for the animal's organs. Uh, the only thing is that these animals were healthy and had no diseases before their death and, and were big enough not to be easy prey for predators. Now, some conclusions were that they were consumed by dragonflies and such, which were leaving the same kind of precision markings. Uh, some even claimed that birds eat the eyes first and, and other entry points on the body. While this is true, um, I've come across many a dead body in southern Arizona falling victim to the harsh desert heat. Uh, when the birds eat the eyes, it looks quite nasty and not had a uh, and not at all precision cuts. <laughs> it is also over a period of time as well. So with some of these mutilation cases, they seem to have happened overnight, uh, similar to like how crop circles are said to appear overnight with calculated precision. So what or who is performing these overnight dissection surgeries? confusing scientists and leaving law enforcement officials scratching their heads. Uh, could it be that the culprits are from above? Remember, in Snippy's case, there were no other tracks. Uh, ranchers have also reported seeing strange lights in the sky the night before locating a mutilated carcass the next day. Now, some claim that it was done by a beast called the Chupacabra. Uh, now, I don't uh, think this uh, is something that any beast uh, would do because a meat-eating predator will not be precise about eating its meal. I mean, just watch a National Geographic show or a YouTube video of large cats devouring their prey, for example. I mean, then compare it to the photos of cat mutilation cases. There is no comparison. So if it's not natural predators, uh, what is it that is doing this? Uh, of course, the theory that has come up is that aliens are doing it uh, for some kind of study of theirs. And who knows what that study is? You, you have to wonder, why would they be so crude in the way that they, they do it? So that is the big question. For what purpose would alien beings want to harm animals in this way? And if we're going to go with an, an analogy of like how we dissect animals, like in, in biology classes, uh, we don't go out into the wild and do our dissections. Uh, we do them in a laboratory, and we, we don't do it on the live animals. They're usually euthanized uh, and, and brought to the laboratory and, and kept and preserved. And we don't go out to the places where the animals are captured uh, to, to discard their corpses either. So, you know, we, just, uh, we discard them in a different way. So why would we accept the idea that extraterrestrial beings who are more technologically advanced than we are uh, why would they do their dissection studies in, in this way when even we don't do it in that way? 
Well, I guess we can assume that otherworldly beings are out there conducting these stealth type of animal abductions, so to speak. I mean, think about it. Uh, we had all types of law enforcement agencies involved in investigating these cases from local to county to state to the feds and still no definitive explanation. It's either they have no idea or they do and are not divulging it to the public because of the truth of the matter is um, that we're not ready for it. It's like the whole UFO phenomenon with, where the uh, truth is out there, yet they are not admitting to it. Now, this is yet another example of protecting us from the hidden truths. So even the Canadian Mounties, who are famously known to always get their man, have yet to arrest any suspects. So there is something uh, going on here uh, that is either not being disseminated to the world or else the, the cause of it is truly obscured from anyone's uh, knowledge. Now, some explanations offered up by others who think they know is that uh, of local cults. While it is true that cults are often associated with that of animal sacrifice, this does not match that of a cult, in my opinion. Uh, the reason, of course, is because with many of these cases, there are no footprints around the carcasses. The animal sacrifice usually offers up the whole animal, not just its uh, organs and other parts. And draining up its blood is also a requirement, which is also seen in Old Testament sacrifices through the Levitical law. But it's also important to point out that the Bible forbids cruelty to animals. The sacrifices were not meant to be torturous and prolong any suffering. Again, there is no evidence leading to the involvement of cults. It's only assumed and a theory. If they were, I think the government would have already discovered this and followed up appropriately. But they never did. And instead, they, they left the mystery unsolved only to allow the public to keep speculating on the involvement of UFOs. It makes no sense to me. Uh, how about you, Joe? Yeah, well, you and I both have spent a good amount of time in our lives drawn into the religious polemics of the issue of spiritual warfare, right? Uh, that mm -hmm. Satan is a force at work in the world that actively goes against God, uh, personified in the way we see him in the scriptures as Lucifer. And he exists to bring about evil into the hearts of men. Uh, he is the adversary, uh, the deceiver, the enemy. And so we were always taught that satanic power and demonic power is real and that it is capable of luring people towards the darkness and away from the light of God and Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about something like a cult, what we're actually talking about is devil worshipers, because who else would be capable of doing something so vile and so depraved as to brutalize an innocent animal other than the followers of the prince of darkness himself, right? <laughs> um, the problem is, like you pointed out, the lack of any kind of tangible or even circumstantial evidence that supports the belief that such cults are even out there. I mean, like we said, these mutilations have been happening. They've been documented in the uh, 1700s, the 1800s, and the 1900s. And they definitely could be out there. I mean, there definitely could be such cults out there that are into animal sacrifices and animal mutilation, the very secretive ones. Maybe like like what you would see in Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, you know, who sneak out undetected in the cloak of night and do very disturbing and unholy things. But I would think that would be pretty atypical uh, kind of activity and not very commonplace at all. Uh, sure, there is such a thing as the Church of Satan. Yes. And there is such a thing as Satanists. Absolutely. But I don't think there is really a basis to infer that these mutilations are all organized by such groups and done so in a way that there are no clues at all left behind 
that would implicate them. And along with that whole idea of cult groups is that it is juvenile pranks or juvenile mischief, very sick-minded mischief for sure, but that it is all just teenagers doing this. Uh, that doesn't seem to line up really well either. And these mutations or mutilations seem to be done by something invisible, like your you know, decapitated chicken case. Um, there was no sign of anybody or anything that had been there at all. Yeah, it, it was like their head just popped off on their own. Uh, very strange. So with no evidence pointing to grisly juvenile violations. And again, this would be a result of some serious depravity at work and not your normal juvenile antics, but some really disturbed individuals who would be showing signs of mental problems in other areas of their lives, problems leading to a dysfunctional lifestyle. I would think that this personality type is the exception uh, and not typical of people at all. Uh, teenagers may be for, they may be up for going cow tipping, you know, and taking that risk, you know, knocking sleeping cows in the pastures over on their sides. But to go to the extent of mauling, mutilating, and killing them, that would be indicative of a severe disorder that would become manifested in other ways and in other criminal ways. Yeah. And it's hard to fathom that uh, there is a significant number of teenagers or any age people, for that matter, uh, who get together in order to secretively do something horrific like this and then all put on a different face afterwards where where they come across as wholesome and upright, like uh, like not, nothing happened and they all can play it off. That just seems unreasonable to believe. Uh, something about them would, would come up. It, it would service and be seen perhaps in, in different ways, and they would then be found out, uh, even if it was just a few of them. But it's none of them. We found none of them anywhere. There have been a few cases in which arrests were made in connection with animal cruelty. I think in Florida a few years ago, they caught a guy who slaughtered a horse and harvested its meat. Uh, but that was a more crudely done type of killing. No precise, precise incisions or cuts. And obviously uh, enough evidence was left behind and, and recovered to connect him to that felony. Uh, these kinds of cases are actually few and far between, fortunately. Um, but it's not, it's still not an, an organized sort of ritualistic level of cult activity going on. So we must ask why would aliens do this? Um, I think they do it either because those portions of the animal are delicacies for them or for their own science experimentation. Uh, if it's for food, then uh, it may be that they have different taste buds than we do. And those innards are just downright delicious. Gross, right? <laughs> it is gross. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, even some people enjoy eating organ meat. Um, I sure don't. <laughs> There's no way I care to eat liver or tripe or anything like that. Um, but some some people do. Um, some people eat kidney and brain. Um, that, that sounds really nasty. Uh, so perhaps some alien species like the reptilians are really into that. Uh, so if here's a here's the uh, the idea: if we as humans have strange tastes in the way of delicacies, and we definitely do, just consider stuff like pate and escargot, then surely aliens could have strange tastes in the way of delicacies as well. Also, yeah, for sure. And But if it's in the name of science, then it could be because they are collecting sections of DNA from these animals to use and recreating them on other worlds. 
And who is to argue that they are not doing the same with some human abductions, uh, such as to those who are still missing without a trace? Uh, it's an eerie thing to think about, but it could be a possibility. Um, another reason could be that if they are involved in human creation, then they obviously created many of the animal species. Uh, if we believe the ancient alien theory that the gods were our creators and they were extraterrestrials, then they are checking the, the organ processes and growth of the different species. Um, uh, how are humans and animals coming along biologically and, and, and how are they being affected by the planet, so to speak? Uh, wouldn't we do something similar if we had diverse types of species on, on a world we discovered and, and we were checking in on them? Sure. I mean, we, I mean, we can descend and, you know, take a blood sample or something like that, but, but to see how the organs are functioning, um, we may have to go to higher extremes. And strangely enough, there are cases in which these mutilations have been carried out on people, uh, very rare instances, but yes, they have been found. In 1988, the body of a male subject was found in the uh, Wairaparanga Reservoir in Brazil that had the same features as seen with animal mutations with missing organs, uh, precise cuts on the torso, removal of eyes, tongue, and facial skin, and lack of decomposition. And despite this, uh, there was no indication that the subject had been in a struggle with someone. Uh, it seems that he uh, has never been identified either. Now, Butch Witkowski with the UFO Center of Pennsylvania was on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, the host of the radio show, and I believe it aired back on August 27th, 2010. And uh, when you mentioned about the, uh, the abductions and people going missing, well, he discussed the similarities of human mutilation cases with those of cattle mutilation cases, and he did allude to something rather interesting uh, that being the connection between this and the abduction phenomena and the fact that every year there are thousands of people who go missing and are never seen again. And uh, he suggested that the signs of mutilation might be because aliens take away specimens um, in order to dissect and study them and then possibly discard them somewhere, perhaps near where they were abducted or perhaps someplace further away from where they were abducted. Well, yeah, I never, I never heard that. I've listened to Coast to Coast AM quite a bit, working the midnight shift, and uh, I never, I never came across that one. Never knew about that. So, um, it's, it's, it's funny that uh, you know I actually thought of that quite the same way, you know, or you know, uh, the possibility of that happening. Huh. Um, that that is eerie and disturbing to uh, think about for sure. So, you know, probably the most renowned expert on this subject and one who has conducted dozens of investigations around the world on these mutilation cases. And we've seen her on the History Channel quite a bit on the, the Ancient Alien Show, and that is Linda Moulton Howe. And she's a, an investigative journalist who's been at it since uh, 1979. Uh, she's convinced that these killings are done by extraterrestrial activity. Um, I also had the privilege to meet her in person at one of the uh, UFO conferences, you know, I allowed her to sit at my, at my booth while she uh, waited for her radio interview. Um, uh, I was able to slip her a free copy of my book, and uh, it, it was nice talking to her. She's a really nice lady. Um, in an article with the uh, dailyyonder.com, it was dated June 11, 2021, um, Miss Howe claimed that in the majority of cases, law enforcement and ranchers saw strange glowing circular craft at night 
um, that extended beams down into their pastures where they would find a bloodlessly mutilated animal after the sun came up. It was uh, Sheriff Tex Graves of uh, local uh, of Logan County, Colorado at the time, who also told her uh, quite a while ago uh, that the perpetrators of these animal mutilations are creatures from outer space. And that's a sheriff uh, telling her this. Now, she claims that police in general have told her numerous times that lights were reported being seen uh, in the sky before these incidents occurred. Uh, and there was also a case from back in 1904 in Australia where a rancher found his goats with their eyes, their genitals and, and other organs precisely removed as well, even back then um, and over there in Australia. So uh, she continues by stating that even if postmortem predation uh, was to take place, that it still doesn't tell what caused the death. Um, the veterinarians should be able to determine a cause of death. But in all these cases, none have even been found to have a clear cause. Um, so it makes you wonder if this kind of thing had been going on during the time of our creation, you know, based on the theory that uh, there were some DNA splicing going, going on with humans and animals. Was, I mean, was the centaur the product of a horse's body that had its head decapitated in order to attach a human torso onto it? Um, there were other beasts similar to this uh, as well. Yeah, the uh, the Minotaur, the Fawn, the Chimera. Mythology is full of such creatures. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, there's also a story in the Bible about God first bringing animals to Adam uh, for him to choose a partner, as it says in Genesis 2, uh, 18 to 20. Now, this shows that it was indeed uh, telling us something about the DNA similarities between us and other species of animals. Uh, even God first thought an animal um, could be a good partner for animal uh, for uh, Adam or the Sumerian Adamu, um, but ended up creating a woman for him to enjoy instead. So um, th this was not till after much trial and error, of course, as the uh, Sumerian text state, but uh, so maybe the gods are still at it. <laughs> Well, let's uh, hope not, because if they are, they're pretty sloppy about it, and not to mention cruel and, and brutal. Um, I would rather believe it's a nut job out there doing it. I hate to think of it's a species that is supposed to be more advanced and more technologically sophisticated than me that is doing it. So uh, ultimately, it is all mystery. Uh, there are no answers. Uh, there are only you know, uh, theories. Um, and... Uh, Nothing has been uh, confirmed, uh, so it is an ongoing mystery. So next week, we're going to get into something that is pretty clandestine, um, something that if you're not already a UFO enthusiast or a ufologist, you probably haven't heard of it, and that is something called Majestic 12, or simply MJ-12. Now, what exactly is it? Well, basically, uh, it is a very secret group of scientific and military experts who were commissioned by uh, former President Harry Truman uh, back in the late 40s to be responsible for the actual recovery of alien spacecraft. And if you think the government is reluctant to say anything about things like Area 51, they're downright adamant about denying anything about Majestic 12. Right. Yeah, they flat out say that there is no such thing. <laughs> um, but there was a document that serviced back in the 90s um, or was it the 80s? I can't remember, but uh, that made reference to the MJ-12. Yeah, I, I think I remember that document. And of course, it was uh, 
debunked and some people said it was a, it was a fraud um you know nothing nothing firm was ever ever said about that um again if you ask anybody who's associated with the department of defense they're going to deny that it was ever such a thing uh so what they're saying is that reference to the mj12 in that document it was a forgery more or less and it's you know can't be accepted as a as fact so uh if it's truly that top secret then there could be any number of people who were part of mj12 uh who knows maybe even that Edward Condon with the uh, Snippy the Horse investigation was a member of it, for all we know. Uh, we have no way of knowing anything about it. So we look forward to joining all of you again next week uh, to discuss Majestic 12. Until then, take care and stay curious. Yep. Um, bye, everyone, and have a safe and pleasant week.